All right, what's up? All right, what, what did I say that was so, so wrong? What was so bad about that? Didn't educate me. All right, well, okay, I will. Um, I was watching this thing where there were uh, uh, people like Judd Apatow and a couple other producers talking about Harvey Weinstein. And one of the things that Judd Apatow said uh, is it's not hard to not be a creep. Right? It, it, it's, you're not a hero because you're not a creep. Just don't be a creep. Right. I'm not saying you're a creep, but I am saying don't sexualize everything. Right? I mean, part of the okay. problem is a culture of sexualizing everything and making it into opening up is a sexual thing uh, as I, opposed I hear to you. a personal I hear you. Thing. I mean... So, okay, so sexualizing thing. I mean, think about, like, some of the things, like... We used like we stopped using you know the descriptor gay yeah a long long time ago right well before it was such a taboo word right we stopped and 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 that was, and and there was struggle for me on that part right because right? I was yeah. I was originally and then there was like I remember one time where I talked about a extremely bitter beer is raping your mouth you're so loud everyone's loud sorry me too. Okay, well, it turns down a bit. Thank you. I, I remember using uh, the the descriptor of an exceptionally bitter beer as mouth raping, right? And I realized that is um, to trigger. To, okay, uh, what do you mean by trigger? When when you bring up the word rape, that triggers people who have experiences like that, and so they're immediately oh, okay. going to be turned off from that. All right, I I thought more so is it's. Um, watering down well that too right because you're 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 making light of rape in some sense so Uh, i mean but the reason reason why making light is bad is because there are people who have been through that and will be you know hurt by by okay all right so you know i have changed my behavior in numerous ways and so So tonight i made a comment about someone who is consenting opening up their kimono for you and my point is more along the lines of there should be less sex in in these kind of metaphors that might help a situation more than just banning words right if, if we if we stop making sex such an important metaphor in in, in the really? way that we, we talked about things I maybe, mean, maybe I'm, I'm wrong I'm generally like you know with with you and with you know these progressive things of you know, stop using gay, like, and and whatnot. I'm not so sure that, like, if I stop using, like, this beer wants to fuck me, you know, in more subtle ways, if that, if if that is not a step too far, if it's if it's like, I'm not sure being... either, and I'm not saying I'm right. I, I I am saying that it does strike me as kind of creepy, and I think the goal, right? Okay, should cre- be... sure, creepy. No, I what you said about Judd Apatow or whatever, and don't be creepy, and you're not a hero for not being creepy. That's fine. Using a well-established, you know, saying of you know opening up the kimono. That's a well-established saying. I wouldn't say so. I've heard it. That's where I learned it. <laughs> it means I mean, I like don't... showing you all your secrets. It means well. There's other ways to say my... that without being an overt kind of sexual thing. Uh, not only that, but a gender okay, thing but... as well. Is it a gender thing? I'm pretty sure that kimonos are are women only. I'm pr- I, I didn't think they were. I don't know for sure. Maybe but let's ask I, Shane. I, uh, I do remember Shane like 10, 15 years ago telling me that the, the great thing about kimonos is there are so many openings. Uh, on both sides, though. <laughs> I'm sure. Right, yeah. Uh, um, so, I mean, the thing is... But that... But I, that I, I don't want... I, I think it's a step too far to give up illusions to sex. Okay. It, I mean, let's talk. I want to talk it through. I don't yeah, want to just. No. I don't want to proclaim and, my, my ruling. Me saying, me, me saying okay is me is, is I'm saying I don't know. I, right. I'm not immediately able to give you a reason why that's not true. Like sure, okay. th- there is. I mean, so I mean, the next thought that I had in my mind is you know, 
the beers that we drink, it's a pleasurable thing, you know. Sure. We're drinking things to be stunned and pleasured by delicious flavors. So alluding to sex, it doesn't come across I don't see it as creepy and unless I do the whole, you know, mouth rape thing again, which you know I you know that is not okay. okay. Maybe maybe it's more of of a cultural time period thing because sex is so now associated uh with assault in in this current uh, it climate could be, it could be. that bringing up sex almost feels like it's uh i mean it's so charged so i'm guessing you've had to go back through your encounters of the last 20 years and like have i ever been that guy yeah yeah absolutely and i i would hope that lots of people are doing that but um, i've i've never i mean i'm i, I yeah, I, I I wonder if I've been that person. If I and if I have been anybody, then I'm deeply sorry. So I just listened today to um, the most recent episode of More Perfect. More Perfect is uh, Jad Abenrob from Radio Lab WMYC, but it's a show about the Supreme Court. Really good show. But this past episode was t- talking about. Um, how often the women's Supreme Court justices are interrupted. Mm-hmm. So there's actually like a rule in the Supreme Court you do not interrupt the justice, like when you're a lawyer presenting. Right. Yes. Right. You defer and they do whatever they want and whatnot. And uh, a guy who was doing some homework for listening to transcripts, audio transcripts, uh, noticed that um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Lynn Kagan, Sotomayor you know, um, were um, being interrupted by lawyers so he decided to start doing some research on it like a, to do his thesis on it and so they like loaded all the stuff into the computer and they found some interesting things they found that um, yes women are interrupted by lawyers more, the women justices are interrupted more by lawyers than the male justices but um, there was Two lawyers or two justices. Uh, it was Alito and is it Kennedy? Did Kennedy and Alito hate each other? Um, uh, trying to think, they they took the top of interrupting each other, <laughs> like you know, because they would always be arguing their points back and forth. I mean, Alito and and probably like Breyer hate each other more, right? So yeah, I don't know. Um, I can't remember which justice. It wasn't Breyer. I can't remember which justice it was, but they had they were at odds with each other. And there was interesting things, but you know, they never used the the term. Well, men use like one of the things they did say in the podcast was like the guy who had the idea for the thesis, his his fiance or girlfriend was like, "Well, duh, yeah, <laughs> guys interrupt women. It's a thing how they deserve that, dominance. That's what mansplaining is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you know, so like before today." I'm like, have I ever, like, been unwantonly sexual, you know, to a woman in the workplace? And I, I, I've not been able to come up. There's been times where I've been flirting, but I know it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure. I didn't have power over any particular person. I'm pretty sure it was mutual. And that was only in two cases that I can think of. And, um... But but now it's like, what about mansplaining and like interrupting women? Like, (laughs) have I done that? Well, I was like thinking back through my encounters, and I thought of a situation where, like, oh, I I did like touch somebody on the back once, uh, but it was not reciprocated, and I didn't ever touch them again. So, I think that's okay in the sense of like, I didn't ever go any further. Mm -hmm. I did one kind of like, hey. Let's see. Are you DTF? And she's like, no, I'm not. It was not reciprocated, and so it was like, all right, well, that's not that's not the way I go. And and I think that's. I hope that that kind of behavior is fine in the sense like I'm just sort of reaching out, seeing if there's something. If there isn't something, then I'm not going to to push. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 it was like just you know it was not touching the the skin. It was clothes. It was like Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It, it, that's the kind of thing where you're like, there's. I, I don't want there to be like a, a wall of separation so people can't get close to each other. But I think there should be like a 
parameters that, that we understand, and it's hard to get into those conversations without people screaming at each other, uh, which is bad. But that's the thing that I think about when I'm like, well, did I, I mean, and, and yeah, that's all I can remember. Those kind of, that kind of thing is, is what comes up when I think that I do this. That doesn't mean that, that I remembering everything where I might have treated somebody poorly. I don't think well, that's it. I mean, like, I'm, I'm worried that, like, am I interrupting women all the time and just right. don't know it? You know, like that kind of thing. But I tend to interrupt anybody. That's just me, right? I will, I, I will jump in when, when, when I feel there's a moment. So I, I hope I'm democratizing that. I, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Uh, but I, I do think Greg explaining is a thing. I think that Greg explaining is a thing that I've, I've tamped down on. <laughs> well, no one's called you contrarian blowhard lately. So yeah, that's, that's right. Thing. So it's, it's not like I'm. I'm much more receptive to other ideas than I used to be, and I'm much less kind of insistent in my ideas the right way. A lot of that is just being experienced with no, my ideas kind of suck a lot. So it, it's <laughs> it's not like I'm I the 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 part of me that uh, that that loves exploring the world and stuff like that is also hyper aware of of my biases because that's part of the the aspect of of exploring the world that's so it, it's it's required that you let go of those that's mm-hmm. that's sort of the 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 funny stuff I was alluding to in the pre-show about when you understand stuff because once you sort of let go of your of your perceptions everything just becomes kind of absurd because you think well that there was no way I would have predicted that or there's no way that made any sense to me before I'm like accepting it mm-hmm. you have to get to that point where there's enough that there's enough accumulation of evidence to push you over the edge of saying oh I need to like I need to check myself more often I need to to, to be aware of what the hell I'm doing uh, th- I think that people get into the situation where they aren't like that because, for whatever reason, they're protected from from that, and they don't. So, like the Harvey Weinstein's of the world, they have you know money or, or yes men or whatever to surround them and protect them from those things. Mm-hmm. I but but what we're finding out is it's not just the Harvey Weinstein's of the world, right? This is a systemic problem in society. And so that's where you have to start looking at yourself and saying, what am I doing to perpetuate this? Right. And God, I don't know, but I, I I hope it's nothing bad, but I, I'm not innocent. I don't think I'm innocent. Yeah. It's, it definitely, it's worth a moment of reflection. I, don't like you know, I'm just trying to talk through I don't want to sound like an angel or a saint or the champion of women's rights yeah I'm not a hero <laughs> not a hero I'm not a hero but I I think that I mean there's like so when we were at the trip when I was at the trip we were interviewing for a position and I don't know how to how to word this but like the entire team wanted to hire not the entire team the majority of the team wanted to hire the male applicant I wanted the female applicant and there's lots of times that you know I'm comfortable with you know female co-workers what, so was it because so, I mean you have to sort of I, ask well, yourself was it because she was hot I mean, she, she was, was hot well, or she was wasn't be, so or, hot or, but I mean she was Moderately attractive. I right. Mean, so, so was was that playing into? Yeah. And and that's. I mean, like I've I've worked under women bosses for for a lot of my job. So I'm. I think I'm more comfortable with it than, than other people. So I'm. You know, to, to me, it's it's. Uh, um, I actually find women bosses to be more. In tune with with my sort of thinking about things. They're better than, than the male bosses I've had in general. It's not always the case, but in general, that feels, it felt like I was more, but, but maybe that, that's a weird like power dynamic thing that there that, that women are, are less, are, 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 I, women I, bosses are more like open to males because they, they're afraid of, of being contrary, whereas whoa. male bosses are more dominant. 
And I, I mean, I'm saying, and then that. you're like wondering, well, is that just a, is that just a, uh, is that a cultural thing, or is is there is some sort of dimorphism, or is aspect? it a, a coping thing? So, yeah. like this whole thing about the Supreme Court, right? Generally, um, women Supreme Court justices are very meek, and they change they have to adapt because like the other justices are interrupting them and whatnot and they change they start behaving more like male justices um the one exception to that who hit the ground running was Sotomayor and she was getting critiqued as a bully at, you know it's this whole you know if you're a powerful woman who is assertive and not right. deferring you're a bitch right you know so that <laughs> you, you can't win right and then the, that, and I, I'm sorry. Look, this, this is this is the way my mind works, I guess. But that brings up a um, a stereotype of Latina women well, being more yeah. aggressive, yeah, yeah, in many mm-hmm. different aspects. No, the, they mentioned that in the podcast for sure. Like, yeah, and um, so there, there's that. And there, what was one other thing? Oh. Um, so it's it's a correlation, not a causation thing. Mm-hmm. But as the number of women on the court grew, the male justices' level of interruption grew. Now, whether it was a cultural timing thing, or whether it was when you have a token woman, it's like it's okay. But when there there's three of them, you, you know, fight it. You I, to... I I got a pee, so okay. Sorry, but continue. I will continue. Um... I'm looking forward to getting back to work next week. Um, got some big news that I'm not at liberty to discuss right now, but uh, probably by the time this thing airs, the news will be public. Uh, yeah, almost certainly. I can I can hold off the show for that long. And um, yeah, things things are happening. Things are not what I would have not the script I would have written, but. Uh, it's going to be uh, an exciting year for, for old Jeff at work, and uh, we'll see how how that pays out in the end. Um, what else? I uh, Today, in the mail from China, I got my oscilloscope kit. I ordered... I've been looking at this kit for a while now. It was like $14 for the kit itself. And then like another 2 bucks for the acrylic case. And another like 3 bucks for the good oscilloscope probe. So I have this $14 oscilloscope kit that I've had to solder like 100 things into it. Um, I almost screwed it up. So I, I almost screwed up this oscilloscope kit when I was almost done putting it together, Greg. So you put everything in, and like the last step, step 23 is uh, bridge this jumper pads where there's there's this little surface mount thing. I don't know if it's like a resistor with infinite resistance or what it was, but the little surface mount thing, and it's like bridge it with solder. Bridge J23 with solder. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I try to bridge it. And the little surface mount thing comes loose, and I have to get that off the tip of my solder and I try to bridge it. And then I realize I had lifted the solder pad off the circuit board. Huh. So, like, there's nothing to solder to now. Uh-huh. I'm like, I just spent three hours putting this thing together. So I get in there with a the little screwdriver, and I start scratching at the red paint. And I uncover a little bit of copper right beside the pad. Uh-huh. I'm trying to solder that. It's not quite sticking, so, like, I'm trying to rough it up, get some flux on it. I finally got a little piece of resistor lead soldered in there but it was like the most like I mean, it was only 14 bucks not a huge deal but definitely frustrating you do everything right and the like they tell you at the end do this hacky bridge this solder joint thing and, and i left the solder pad i was so mad but I got it working. Got it, it working. Seems, so. seems like it's working. As I was leaving, you mentioned uh, your your work thing. Now, yeah, this won't be released until after that. But maybe yeah. you're not supposed to tell me anyway. So then, you know, so don't. Yes, but it'll be a uh, be a fun year, an exciting year. Well, it'll be interesting to see where things go. 
and yeah, you'll you'll hear about this before the. Sh- if you look for Avir Systems in Google News, I'm sure you'll see the the news. Um, the company's almost ten years old. Mm-hmm. I've been there for almost eight years. It's a long time. It is a long time. We we're expecting things to happen sooner. So. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. That's about all I have to say for that. Oh, you notice. You like all the new stickers on my laptop? Wow, you really, uh, you, you stickered that sucker up. So I stickered that sucker up. You notice anything in common with all the stickers? They're all beer and they're all Austin. They're all Austin. So the thing that we're talking about, the, the thing that we're going to make after the thing is announced, the codename is Austin. Ah. So I put all I those see. in there. Now, how did I make all these stickers? You may want to know. Not really. No. Okay, well, you don't want to know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. One of the presents we got, Allie, was this little silo curio thing over here. It's a cutting machine. like a, uh-huh. So it's like a 2D printer with a razor blade that can cut stuff. Oh, cool. So you can cut vinyl stickers. You can do Christmas cards. It has different attachments. It can do embossing. It can do... You can... I actually didn't come with a pen holder because they want to sell you the markers that fit in the holder. Well, guess what's on Thingiverse? A pen adapter. So uh, I printed a pen adapter today on the 3D printer. So now, so now I basically obsoleted the drawing robot, the AxiDraw, because <laughs> this is faster and better. Right. But it was still cool to make. But work. yeah, the AxiDraw. So I saw a really cool tweet. Um, lady Ada, you know the lady does Adafruit. Uh, she's a, it's no no idea. Okay, so there's a woman maker names. Um, what is her real name? It's. Uh, her first name is Limor, L-I-M-O-R. I don't can't think of her last name right now. But her nickname is Lady Ada. She founded a company in New York called Adafruit. It makes um, circuit kits. Or, you know, it's like SparkFun or DigiKey kind of. Um, she she tweeted a thing, and it's like, don't she tweeted wa- a thing. She, but no. The, the, I'm going to para- paraphrase her. Okay. It was like, you just have to make. Don't worry about making anything original. Follow the templates. Make the kits. Make, make, make until you're... Um, until you know the art. And then the original ideas will come. Okay. So... I don't know. It's inspiring. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's, that's the that's it's the same thing as as if you're a writer, write every day, right? Write every right. day. Not you're not going to always write great shit, but that will get you into the habit of writing, and then the great stuff will eventually flow right. out. So, like the axi draw has been obsoleted, but who cares if we never really draw a picture with the axi draw? She had the experience of yeah. building a robot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, so you know that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, no, that, that's there's another way to think of that is so bringing this over to sort of. My and it was also initially her. She didn't know that people had invented drawing robots, right? She wanted a drawing robot, so uh-huh. we made a drawing robot. So when you when you're learning equations and math stuff like that, it's it's all stuff people have done before. Mm-hmm. But you're going through the process of understanding it, and doing that is the helpful bit mm-hmm. because you're like, like, like when I was talking uh, when when Aaron and, and Nick were here, and I was I was explaining the the cosine squared, sine squared equals one. How that how I worked out on my own that was the equivalent to to the. Um, uh, to, to Pythagorean theorem, and it's not like, and I knew it was, but it was like an exercise, and it was also nothing that that it, not a hard thing to do, mm-hmm. but this the process of doing it when you of, get it, when you grok yeah. it, that it, it the um I mean the, the the fun thing about learning that those kind of equations is now you can look, I can look at equations and what you what I see is not necessarily the detail, but I see the, the structure. So I sent you a tweet. I think it was this week. It was the, la- co- the color coded week, equations. Yes, and I responded to it. Did you see what I, mean? I did. Yeah, you, you were kind of lukewarm to it. At least yeah. the way you came across the tweet. Right. The the examples they had there, I thought were fascinating. The the way they kind of put verbiage to 
Like, okay, here's the problem we got to solve. So we got to do A, B, and C. Yes. And then here is the parts of the equation that do A. Here's the parts of the equations that do B. And here's the parts of the equations that do C. And, you know, in the example they had, you could kind of see the interrelation between them and whatnot. My issue was more that the English didn't didn't explain things enough so if, if you weren't familiar with what the hell it was talking about then it wouldn't then it wouldn't really be helpful um not necessarily that it was a bad thing it it, it struck me as like okay that, that's a cool idea but i don't think that necessarily makes equations easier to understand because the, here's when they're talking about a four-year transform the, the very first equation i thought well if you you can read that and not understand what the hell that's talking about regardless of whether you understand what the bits of the equation are, right? I mean, okay, define the energy at a particular frequency, spin your signal around a circle at that frequency, and average a bunch of points along that path. What the hell does that tell you? But see, from all the shit that you've taught me over mm-hmm. the last couple of years, I was able to follow that because you're Because you're understanding what the hell is talking about, because you have I mean, that so background like, knowledge. So, but, like, when it said... Um, I'm sorry, I can't quite... Uh, there, you know, um, spin your signal around a circle... That's I, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but, like, okay, so the, uh, what I'm talking about more is, all right, so in this equation um, where, you know, E, but, I'm, oh, about e. Um, I'm sorry. So immediately what I see here is you have a 1 plus 1 over N. So really that number N becomes incredibly important in this equation because whatever that N is, if that equals uh, 1, then this, or that equals, um, uh, if that is a big number, then this number just simply becomes 1. If that is a small number, then this number can become something different. And so... No, compounded. Yeah, so, so you're, so... Just by looking at, at the equation, you can already, you can start to see already there's a structure here, and that that's sort of making sense. And when you see things like you know exponents, and you see things that are in, um, okay, so here's a Bayes theorem thing. So you see you're dividing by something. So you're talking about how okay, well if this gets really large, and then it doesn't matter what this is because this gets really large, this turns into zero. So just understanding, sort of seeing the the structure of something helps you understand what the hell is going on just in that sense. All right. So back to this first one, right? Yeah. Where it says, uh, for your transfer is a complicated beast, but so, spin your spin your signal around a circle, right? You spent hours and hours and hours beating eye into my head. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I have, you know, because of that, this I, is more I've, intuitive but like I love that phrase. I love about spinning your signal around a circle. And you can definitely explain that more for people who don't already understand I. But just phrasing it that way, I think helps like get you into I a little bit better. It gets you waiting in knee deep. Maybe it, it, it could be the case for some people that that's a better thing. I, I think that I like to think at least that me beating into your head means that you're more willing to understand what that means to spin something around a circle, like how how you can analytically spin something around a circle, right? Because what yeah. what are you talking about? Sure, but I think if you're starting over with me, and we'll never know, right. you need to start over with someone else. Yeah. But I I think I'm gonna have an immediate question about what it means to spin a signal around a circle, right? But it's already like an hour and a half into your lecture of I. Right. But so it's a great shortcut. I think that you were asking about how to better do I at one point. Yeah, no. I no. think this is a clue right here. Um, so, I mean, the, the question, and, and it is, yeah, like you say, it's kind of a rhetorical question at this point, but... If I would have immediately started with eyes about circles, and I kind of did, but if I would have stressed that more, would that have made I click for you easier, or was it simply that it's, I it's was hard? It, you? Yeah, it's hard. For, like what I know now, right? But it's not just like rotate around a circle. It has to, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely applying a ton of learned knowledge to that. When I read it, I'm like, that, "That's what." But see, but see and that's my but problem. But see, okay, so but when I read this particular thing here, I have this foundational thing of what you taught me about mm-hmm. I, 
I knew it was about spinning it around a circle. Mm-hmm. This equation still means nothing to me. Right. I, oh, there's a giant. Well, it's not just a I, giant. It's, it's it's the e to the i. Right. But there's a giant sigma in there and a bunch of blah 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 blah. Right. And and getting this, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I'm starting to put pieces together. Right. So, so you see, okay, so the sigma is summing up stuff, and mm-hmm. and and okay, you're talking about x to the n. So that and 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 that can seem abstract, but really, you're just talking about a particular frequency. So so that's helpful in that sense. But you have to have the underlying knowledge. You know, that e to the i pi is a is a circular. It's a function that that spins in a circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have that knowledge, you don't understand what e is, what i is, and what e to the i pi means. Mm-hmm. Then it doesn't. Uh, gotcha. I gotcha. You know, e to the i two pi really, because that's a circle. So the guy, it's a the guy that I got that tweet from, um, Jim Rubel, he's Ali's friend's dad. The ones that we hang out with. He used to work for uh, Math Ed or Tech Ed. I don't want to call his company wrong. He used to work for a company that did learning software. And that's why he posted about this. And uh, I should get him on the show because he likes beer. And uh, you and him would probably uh, have a great fun talking about nerdy stuff. So. I I thought the color-coded equations was a really cool idea. I, I do think it's a cool idea, but it, it it's one of those things that you know, and I, I feel like it's it's great for people who are are have enough understanding to understand what the English means at these points because. Well, I mean, we just talked about it. Spinning your signal around a circle doesn't make sense to you unless you know what that process entails. Right. Yeah, maybe it's not the entry point. I thought it was an entry point where you could be like, well, okay, so here, and then you talk about the the ratio of the latitude versus the longitude, you know, longitude of it and all that stuff. So, like, th- when they're talking about the Pythagorean theorem, does this English sentence make more sense to you? When an object spans different dimensions, its self-similarity equals the combined self-similarity of its parts. That, to me, is a very unintuitive example of what the Pythagorean theorem says. Now, it's true, and it's a very good point as to what the Pythagorean theorem is talking about. But that does not help you understand the equation if you've never been exposed to it. I don't think at all. No, I don't think that's a great example either. It's... Well, the sentence doesn't even talk about that it has to be at a right angle. Right. Well, I mean... The, the, Maybe different dimensions infers that. But. Well, well, the point is that uh, the Pythagorean theorem works in, in multiple dimensions, in any number of dimensions, and it's based on this concept of self-similarity. So it actually is the fundamental thing about the Pythagorean theorem, uh, but th- that self-similar things scale is essentially what they're talking about. Uh, that's, but that's not the only thing the Pythagorean theorem is about, and it's not necessarily the the point of of a lot of what we're learning about the Pythagorean theorem. So it, it it's it, it's kind of like okay when, when you're talking about equations that have squares in them, um, what you realize at a certain point as a is that that means that. Um, the numbers in them could... You have multiple possible answers, right? Because they could be negative or positive. You don't know. So there's... So, so you're coming up with something that has actually multiple solutions. If you have a square in there. Uh, or a square root. The, the other side could have multiple possible solutions. So that's something that just looking at an equation can tell you. Uh, if you understand the, the, the math part and the structure. This is like just one of the many... This sentence is one of the many things that this equation says, not the whole of what this equation says. And I'm guessing... (coughs) So I've only ever used or knew the Pythagorean theorem to figure out what the length of one of the sides of a right triangle is. Right. But it seems like it has more applications. Well, I mean, and because you can break into science and co-science and then you start talking about trigonometry and then you start talking about circles and uh, okay. and everything gets 
you know, nicely, or it's easier to start doing interesting estimation and circles and curves, and then you can use a Fourier transform to split uh, waves, you know, some crazy wave into its component sine waves, and then you can analyze those sine waves with, with uh, right triangles. So, it, you know, all this comes in handy, but I don't think that these, these English statements explain a lot about what these things are doing like this explains sort of what this is doing but mm-hmm. it doesn't explain why that's useful well it's not the it's not the only piece of tech uh, so I think these are good for like flashcards like once you've learned something to keep that in your head and keep a, and get a good understanding okay, of what those but, things okay, mean. Okay, so but you have a, you're but, reading about you're learning about a Fourier transform, yeah, right? And you got all this stuff explaining what it is and how it works. Like, okay, here's the equation. Now let's break the equation up here. Yeah, know. yeah, that that's good, and that that's where something like this can come in handy. Right. But as an introduction to the equation, no, that's that's a bad way to do it. I think oh, because th- not, that's not an introduction, assuming so much. not an introduction to the concept, an introduction to the equation different things an introdu- introduction to the concept needs to be established before you introduce someone to the well, equation the, the thing about equations you're not like you're gonna say here is this crazy equation figure it out and then i'm gonna tell you about it on the next page sort of but the thing about equations is is that they should be really taught i i think starting from sort of fundamental things and building into them as opposed to but, just introducing an equation and then breaking it down into its parts. No, but it's going to start with, okay, here's the idea of what a Fourier transformation is. Here's what it does. Here's how it works. Here's, here's like the, 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 oh, and then here's the math. Here's the equation. And let's break this apart. So, okay. So maybe that's a fundamental like disagreement I have, because I, I think that I learn better and I feel like when I, teach it comes across better to people or at least they the people have seemed to learn better when i start with the simple concepts and move into the more complicated concepts once they have an understanding of the simple concepts if i start with well let's talk about how a four-year transform work here's the equation now let's get into every little nitty-gritty of what this is no that's not that's, what i said i said let's talk about how let's explain what they are and why they exist but it, I, I feel like if you're and it's then little, when you're ready to start of, looking of, at the of, math you can say, okay, remember when I talked about spinning shit around a circle? Well, here's this part. And I, I guess the part, maybe, maybe the part that I'm that I'm having trouble with is what do you say when you're when you're ready to introduce the math? Because it's not like that, right? I mean, the math should come part and parcel with the explanation. Otherwise, you're not doing credit to what it is you're talking about. Okay, Pythagorean theorem. We have this equation that helps you, how, however you want to describe it, right? It helps you, if you know two sides of a right triangle, you can figure out the third side. And, and describe why that's useful when you're dealing with circles. So and I would say no. First, and, introduce triangles. Introduce, like, you know, then show yeah. this, show a right triangle. Show this relationship. Then show the equation. And then show how that works with other things. Because you you start from a you, you build a foundation first for an understanding and start with that. You don't start with this equation and then I'm going to show you how this equation comes to be. You start. No, with, I don't want to start with the equation. I want to start with the concept. Because like there was too many times in school where we had to learn some wrote something or another and we didn't understand the application to it for like. Well, that's why I'm saying just introducing a, an equation right away and saying we got to build. That's to this not what I'm not, saying. But I'm then what saying, saying when you get to the equation, you do it this way. I'm not saying start well, with the th- colors. I don't think that the Pythagorean, at least this example of Pythagorean theorem, really works for for that because it doesn't. It doesn't. Don't. But the Fourier transform, I don't even know if that works for that too, because there's so many different things that a Fourier transform is used for. The this is sort of a very basic way of looking at, at one possible way you can use a Fourier transform, but it's really about splitting waves into the, splitting a complex wave into its component parts. That's... Well, this it's, it's actually right there. You're finding an energy at a frequency. Right, so, but, but okay, what is energy, what is frequency? 
energy is something that's measured in joules, and frequency is something that's measured in hertz. <laughs> Uh, but but what is what does it mean the, to have just for something to have energy? What does it mean for something to have a particular frequency? These these are important concepts that aren't just that you can't just like you you can try to pop side them away, but you, you you have to really build up a foundation for what these things are. Uh, and and because if you just start to you know if you just start to try to pop side then then you're going to be missing a lot of of the fundamental bits like when i'm talking about frequency it's important to understand things like what um you know how how an oscillator works and 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 how how that frequency works with potential and, and kinetic energy because then then you really have an understanding of what you're talking about when you're when you're saying something is a frequency and how that relates to the energy in the system and how that relates to the permeability of whatever it is that 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 is that is moving back and forth right what it, whatever it is it is oscillating there's all these little aspects that i think you're missing if you don't start from there and build up and i think that one of the complaints that you have a lot about education is that there's things are just kind of introduced and sort of rote that you just have to memorize as opposed to really getting into what the concepts are first before you get into the the part that you that you have to memorize so you don't get the understanding for it to really stick mm-hmm. uh, I I think that it's important to build that foundation and that's why I don't find this as, well, as well, I'm tired of arguing so let's move on to the next thing You want me to be more delicate how I say that? Well, or do you just want me blunt? Frankly, your bluntness is is is, is uh, good. It's good. Because uh, I, I I need to be told when to like stop pounding something into your head. You get it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, uh, oh, there's this uh, this image which I, I can't show to people, but it's it's funny. All right, so it's the shirtless Kylo Ren, which is oh, okay. one of the memes from from the Star Wars. I didn't see Kylo Ren. I saw like, uh, I mean, now I do. At first, I saw Japanese man okay. woman thing with boobs and big nipples, and maybe it was the, it was the belt. It was that midriff thing that made me think Japanese, probably that big thick belt. Okay, but anyway. You see what what the, oh, what the so joke now, is. Oh, now I see the. Uh, I didn't see any of the side panels. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I get the joke. The joke is it's a big picture of, of Kylo Ren with his titties hanging out, which was in the movie. And you know, Ray's like, "Oh, could you cover yourself up?" And it's sort of a, a blatant kind of thing, but that was fine. I, I had no problem with that. But the funny thing is, is Luke looking at him and then milking him because that was one of the other like weird scenes in, in there that, that was a weird scene the kids both like got all weird like yeah why is that whale thing have tits yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot of moments like huh yeah that just seemed like a weird it was like and they were like not udders they were tits they were straight up tits <laughs> they were straight up Female, they could have made him udders like, and it would have been tits. Yeah, they yeah. Could have made him udders and it would have been like no big deal. But no, it was a guy sit. It was a female thing. Female sitting up, memories. Sitting up straight, like sitting in a chair, with big old tits hanging down. Yeah. Well, that, they were actually pretty, you know, pretty impressive because they were they were like perky. Yeah, as I remember. But, I but they were oriented that. like uh, a bovine when the like. Closer to the hips. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Anyway. Uh, (laughs) uh, Boy, that Star Wars movie. What did your kids think of it? Max liked... I took Max to a Penguin game last week. Uh He liked the Penguin game better than Star Wars. Yeah. 
I think there's there's something to be said for how our kids are reacting to this. But I, Max loved The Force Awakens, right? I think. I'm trying to remember. I don't have a clear recollection of. I think so. He was two years younger, also. Yeah. He, uh, this movie was too long. He asked me, Dad, when's this movie gonna be over? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you shouldn't, should you really be bored during a Star Wars movie? <laughs> well, <laughs> should a seven-year-old be bored during a Star Wars movie? Right. Not, not when I was seven. Right. Um, is, is that all, st- but then again, you're asking your kids, does that mean that all Star Wars can be is, is entertainment for kids? And if so, then why is there such a cultural like, cachet behind it? This is getting back if into this. If you ask Lucas, it, it was a kid's movie, right? It, that's why Jar Jar Binks is... Well, Lucas is not involved anymore. I know, I know. This is not, this is not Lucas's game anymore. It's Disney's game. I think Disney's still trying to figure out how to yeah, milk it. Yeah, <laughs> that was, okay, that was the thing I was thinking of. Like, is, is Disney... Is Disney the problem here? Right? Are, are they really the, just like... Are they the empire <laughs> in this scenario? Are they if, the if, ones who are... If or, they or, wanted or, to just milk it for money, it would have looked like Transformers. If they wanted... But so it doesn't seem like they're doing it just as a money grab, but... But there's... It, you're what? just giving Star this gigantic franchise to some guy who's gonna just fuck everything you just did in the first movie over? I mean, does no one come in and say, wait a minute, that doesn't fly? I mean, clearly, clearly there are people there, like, because the, the Han Solo movie got interrupted, the, um, the Gareth Edwards Rogue One got totally like restructured and recut. Yeah. Uh, Colin Trevorrow lost his job on on the next one. Clearly, somebody is making these decisions. Why didn't they see this coming? And who's who's making these decisions that doesn't see giving? I mean, so Ryan part of, part of me is thinking that was, never having been part of making a movie other than. The movie I made in Boy Scouts, which I wish I had a copy of. It's epic. Uh, we made this movie that was a, a mashup of Star Wars and Monty Python. Wow. <laughs> it was pretty wild. And it was all live to tape. So we'd do a shot. If the shot was bad, we'd rewind the tape and tape over it. Oh, lovely. And then once we had the shot, we'd move on to the next scene. Sure, sure. We did it straight to tape. <laughs> That's a very common, you know, when, when you're a kid, you're making this kind of shit. Sure. Um, what was I going to say? I was oh uh, Disney. Oh no, no, not being part of the movie industry. I mean, how how much like how shitty do dailies look all the time, right? Like, and how much magic does the editing room do? Does the editors do right? Right. Maybe they didn't know it was shit because everything looks like shit from the dailies. But the the. The, the the pre-hype coming out about this was Disney loved the shit out of it. Enough that they were giving Ryan Johnson his own new trilogy. Mm. Right? They were so super confident this was great. And it splits the fan base? I mean, like, how wrong can you be? Yeah. The only thing I'm looking forward to is is Kylo Ren. And like what his struggle is, but I like one of my problems with the movie. Going back into it, is that it, it, you know he does all the stuff to you know all all of the dynamics are changed, and then the last half hour goes right back to the very same dynamics that were there in the first place: evil empire and and good resistance. Like there's a there, there's a, a a clear pivot point when he kills Snoke and and they can get together and do something different and take this in a different direction. Like that was a, that was the purpose of that fucking that whole beat, that whole scene was no we're twisting it no Star Wars is changing and going a different direction and it goes right back into this very same direction it was what the hell like why why. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. Apparently, we're not done talking about this anytime soon. <laughs> well, that well, as I was saying at the end of of, of the pre-show, it's so fascinating to me that, that that this is so wrong in an interesting way. There's there's so there there's so much stuff to talk more to talk about than there is about Rogue One being shitty because because the characters aren't there, and that's it. And and uh, Force Awakens being you know just sort of a retread, and that's it. This one is so many things. Like, what? What do you think? Why is that? Like, you almost admire them for doing something, and then you're like, what? And then you take it back? I, I just don't get it. And it's so. It's like it's a fast. It, it's it's like the room. It's like it's 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 a. <laughs> it kind of is. It, it's, it's kind it, of this train wreck that is confusing, and you're looking for meaning in it, and right. there is no meaning because. It's but but there's, a, there's a weird, like, passion underneath it all that you feel. That's like, they felt like this was good. They felt like this was important. And and you're, you're just baffled by it. And then there's these, these shots, these, like, moments of brilliance. Like that hyperspace scene, right? Which was... Which was a, just a beautiful, brilliant scene in in terms of the five or ten seconds it was on the screen, but it totally fucks up all of your preconceptions about what how the universe works. And so you're just like, wait a minute, like that's really that 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 was so awesome, but it also fucks up everything else about the movie. It it totally destroys the story. It's it's like bringing in. I, I, I don't know how to describe it. it doesn't it, it's 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 a scene from another movie from the universe mm-hmm. and it's bringing nukes to the stone age I mean yeah and 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 not even that because then it's like the they recognize what was happening right the people are sort of like we gotta you know shoot that shit because they they weren't like What's it doing? I have no idea what it's doing. They they saw it turn around and realize it was a problem. So then you're like, well, why? How come that isn't something that's done all the time? <laughs> so many like weird things. Is then in, in in the beginning, there's these bombers made out of tissue paper that are like nothing makes sense. Flying they, right beside each other. Right? Do they not have long range weapons in the Star Wars? <laughs> going? What the hell is happening? The bombers. You don't, you don't have kids buying those bomber toys, that's for sure. Yeah, right. They're they're clearly they're not cool at all. They're just they're yeah, like I said, they're made of tissue paper. Um, as as I mean, the thing about World War II bombers, which is what the analogy is supposed to be, is those were armored to shit. Like they're they were slow, but they were full of armor, so they could take hits because they knew they were going to. Uh, these things had one hit and blew up. I, I don't, I, I mean, like, I'm told, uh, you know, I'm fine with, I, I didn't, like, reject it because I understand it's just a World War II thing, and that's why the cold gravity bombs didn't, oh, but it, mm-hmm. it also was weird that you bomb one particular, I mean, this is, that's nitpicky shit. The the real problems are, like I said, when, when there's these points that the story seems to, Inflect and then just go right back on these 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 issues where structurally the whole thing doesn't make any sense, where it feels like there's you know instead of going instead of following you in a circle it just sort of goes backwards and you're like what the hell is happening here? Those are the issues. The, the nitpick stuff just comes up because at a certain point your your brain is sort of overwhelmed with with the with the weirdness and so it starts to just focus on the the other weird things that are happening because you can't make sense of what the hell else is happening around so you just start nitpicking the little shit mm-hmm. but it's the big these fundamental problems that were like but that that are so interesting in their weirdness i I'm, I'm going to be thinking about this movie for a while because of how fucked up it is yeah. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's good that Star Wars has finally like engaged me. But it, it engaged you in like the room did. It, yes, so that's, engaged, that's right. That's not good. Uh, hey, the room has made a ton of money. I don't know. I, like, 
they just made a movie about making. Maybe they'll make a movie about making this episode of Star Wars. Wouldn't that be fucked up? <laughs> I, like the disaster Jedi. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm fascinated by this movie <laughs> in, in a way that I have not been fascinated by Star Wars in a long time. What the hell happened? Anyway, that's probably enough. It's 1 a.m. How? Sure, we can wrap up. The question I want to leave you with is, how is this a different kind of train wreck than a prequel movie? Um, well, it's the committee nature of Disney and the competence in the rest of the production. Okay, yeah. Right? That they fucked up the story so badly. Like, they had good actors. They had decent enough script writing, I guess? I don't know. They had good actors. The script was a a mess. But, like, the the prequels were just plain boring because they they overdid boring politics stuff and then overdid lightsabers as if they were the whole point of Star Wars, which Star Wars is about emotion, not about cool lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Right. These are more... Yeah, I mean, they definitely have a different feel. I was just yeah. kind of throwing it out there. How is it a different kind of train wreck? These are more emotional stories because there's characters in them. There's actual characters. But what the char- but the motivations of the characters and what the characters are doing doesn't make any sense. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's different from a very... From, from the kind of blueprint very controlled very uh, uh, clean room feel of the prequels and these more mm-hmm. uh, more angsty more like more well, the prequels were just shitty filmmaking yeah this wasn't shitty filmmaking this was shitty, shitty storytelling story. yeah, yeah. Um, so how was the story in the prequels it was so antiseptic it was so yeah. divorced from emotion that there was nothing to pull you in so you just sort of felt along just you just sort of they just hit marks along. of the canon that people wanted to see but yeah right. they hit it like not passionately at mm-hmm. all yeah okay and there's no canon really marks to hit here I mean, yeah, because we're we're in our ter- territory, and yeah. all these characters had emotional beats, right? I mean, Poe Dameron had his emotions, yeah. and and and, and uh, I guess I don't know what the, the whole Finn thing was done, but you know, Luke had his emotions, and Kylo and Ren and, and Ray, they always they all had their emotions. I should and they I were... should go back and read some of the Timothy Zahn books that I read when I was like a teenager because I remember those being like so. Awesome. Those were fun. I remember the yeah, the Thrawn the Thrawn trilogy, mm-hmm. right? Those mm-hmm. were fun. That was. I was... don't think I ever read the Thrawn ones. I read like Heir to the Empire was the first one then something else and then something else I, I remember uh, yeah yeah Heir to the Empire there was that was that was the Dreadnought, first one Dreadnought something right there was I don't remember The Two Towers and Return of the King <laughs> and uh, I remember reading you know those books and like yeah was it Hand is... of the Emperor one of them because Mara Jade was introduced and, and yeah uh, yeah and um, and that that was like I, I digged I remember digging Thrawn I digged the Ysalamir concept the 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 salamander type things that pushed away the force I thought that was a really cool concept okay, yeah. but I didn't really ever dig Mara Jade and I, I really didn't dig uh, the clone concept where you put an extra U in a person's name or an extra vowel and then <laughs> that's what a clone is anyway Alright, we can wrap this up. Yeah. I was trying to look up the Timothy Zahn books here. Here to the Empire. I don't know if these are in order. These aren't in order. Wait, Timothy Zahn has a 2070 book called Star Wars Thrawn? Yeah. <laughs> well, Thrawn's the only, like, one of the only bits of the extended universe that, that Disney decided to keep. Because okay. it's a compelling character. Yeah. Uh,. Dark Force Rising, Dark uh, Force last, Rising, Last Command, The Last Command. That's right. ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. The Last Command was 
I'm going to spoil. So turn it off if you don't want to spoil well, it. Thrawn's on the cover, so. The last command was the thing that the Emperor gave to Mara Jade, which was that she must kill Luke Skywalker. And she finally succeeds by killing Luke Skywalker's clone, so she gets that out, so then she can fall in love with him. I think they fell in love. That was weird at the end, because it was like, oh, they love each other? Why? But it wasn't... It, <laughs> I remember, like, there was, a, there was a thing. Luke was like, I know why I love you, but why do you love me? And I was like, what, why do you love her? <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I think we just need to just start worshipping Guardians of the Galaxy and forget about Star Wars. Uh, don't worship any movie. <laughs> they're all... Um, they're, they're, they should all be entertainment, and, and you should appreciate them for that. And, and they all have flaws. There's no perfect movie except maybe Die Hard. It's <laughs> a really good movie. Election's also really good, too. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hey, look at our one hour, 40 seconds. There you go. 